busy, busy, busy weekend in jiu-jitsu and MMA, so let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. We'll start with who's number one and the match between Gordon Ryan and Jacob Couch where what we all knew would happen, happened. Everyone knew there was virtually no chance Jacob Couch was going to beat Gordon Ryan. I am ready to see Gordon Ryan against opponents where the result isn't obvious before the match even starts. And and no disrespect to Jacob Couch, Couch is a great competitor and I think he has a very bright future but he's also much smaller than Gordon Ryan and way less experienced. I am also not criticizing Gordon Ryan for taking this match against Jacob Couch. I actually think it was a pretty cool thing for him to do. Couch was supposed to face Nicky Ryan, who had to withdraw. Gordon Ryan steps in to replace his brother so that Jacob Couch could still have a match, and Couch got to have some time against the biggest name in the sport. Now that doesn't mean that I don't think it's time for Gordon to face some real competition, especially since we're not super far away from ADCC this fall. Who am I to criticize how Gordon Ryan prepares for ADCC? I know, and I agree, but considering Gordon is doing both the weight class and the super fight against Galvo at ADCC in the fall, I would like to see Gordon compete against some stiffer competition in the lead up to that. Let's look at who Gordon has competed against recently going back to 2021 and then through this weekend. There was the match against Roberto Jimenez. I think Jimenez is like 88 kilos. So again, another size and weight advantage for Gordon. He had the match against Wagner Hocha, and at least Wagner fights at 205, but he's also 13 years older than Gordon. Then Gordon had that exhibition fight against Phil Rowe. Phil Rowe is currently an active UFC fighter who fights in the welterweight division, 170 pounds. So again, size and skill discrepancy between him and Gordon Ryan. Phil is a great grappler, but he's not focused solely on jiu-jitsu and competitive grappling even if that's his base. He's a professional fighter who is focusing on all aspects of MMA and just isn't at the level of Gordon Ryan. Yes, this was an exhibition. These guys had a fun match with no real winner and Gordon just subbed Phil a few times and that was that. It was all in fun. Here's the obligatory mention of I fought Phil Rowe in April of 2015 in MMA. You can look it up. Moving on. And then, of course, we get to this weekend's match against Jacob Couch, which I just talked about. Yes, anyone can beat anyone on any given day, except for Gordon Ryan. These matches in the last few years that Gordon has been a part of, we basically knew the outcome before the event even starts. Gordon commented on Instagram that Buchecha is doing MMA now, and Pena and Hulk have each turned him down recently. I understand it's not his fault if other top guys won't and or can't take fights against him, but I think I'm ready to see Gordon against other high-ranking grapplers in his own weight class. Will you keep turning into who's number one events if it's Gordon in matches against people that we all know he's going to beat? Tim Spriggs is who's number one heavyweight champion, so let's just make that match. I wouldn't go so far as to say Gordon dislikes Spriggs as much as he dislikes Andre Galvo, but they're definitely not buddies. And I'm always down to see a Lloyd Irvin guy get beat up by Gordon Ryan, so let's just make the match. But maybe Gordon doesn't want stiffer competition, and he wants to avoid a loss, and because a loss might take some of the air out of the Galvo super fight. The whole build-up to that fight is, here's two guys who really hate each other, and one happens to be potentially the best grappler of all time, and the other is one of the most decorated champions of all time. 
If Gordon takes a loss, maybe some of the air comes out of those sails a little bit. Maybe Gordon doesn't want to risk a loss before that super fight. Maybe Gordon just can't find someone to fight him. Either way, I'm ready to see some tougher matches. For this who's number one event, I actually thought the best moment was Sofia Casella hitting a heel hook on Jessica Crane in just 35 seconds. Sofia Casella is having a hell of a month. Earlier this month, she won the EBI Strawweight Medusa tournament, and now she's got the fastest female submission in who's number one history, and she might be a future guest on this show, so the hits keep on coming for her. I did mention Andre Galvo, and he fought to a draw in a grappling match this weekend against two division one championship champion, Renier de Ritter. Galvo controlled positionally against RDR the entire match, but just was unable to secure a finish. Sometimes with draws in jiu-jitsu, I think people are too quick to jump on the, wow, he didn't even beat XYZ opponent, he sucks bandwagon. And in a sub only match, if you don't get the finish and it's scored a draw, it is what it is. In this case, Galvo didn't look bad, I thought. I'm sure people who love Gordon but hate Galvo will say Galvo looked like shit, and people who hate Gordon but love Galvo will say Galvo dominated. I suggest you guys from both camps click the link below to our YouTube page, and you can head over there and argue about it in the comments below this episode. I look forward to reading them. We had some more from one championship, but we'll get there in a minute, so don't skip ahead. Or do. Either way, it's fine, I guess. I'll put the chapter markers down there, so feel free to skip around back and forth. This weekend was also UFC Columbus, and the main event was Curtis Blades versus Chris Dawkins. Blades got a great finish early on in the second round and improved to 16-3 and with 11 knockouts. I think Blades versus either Stipe or Cyril Gaon next would make sense, although I think either of those gentlemen would beat Curtis Blades. I guess I'll have more on that for you when either of those fights gets announced. As for Chris Dawkins. Curtis Blade suggested that he moved down to 205 after he suffered back-to-back losses, and I am inclined to agree with that opinion. I think Chris Dawkins is a great fighter. He might just need to change it up a little bit like that. Also on the card was Kai Kara France versus Askar Askarov in a fight that I actually thought should have been the main event despite it being farther down on the main card. This was two of the top contenders in the 125-pound division, but flyweights just can't get any love these days i guess somehow coming into this fight kaikar france was a plus 325 underdog which seems like it's way off but kaikar france won 29 28 on all three judges cards and i thought that was the right score not that they asked me car france survived some early danger and eventually did more than Askarov and got the win It seems like the flyweight title is going to be contested for a fourth straight time between Davis and Figueredo and Brandon Moreno sometime this summer. Kai Car France needs to be in that mix. I understand why they want to do a fourth fight between those two guys, but regardless of what the result of that fourth fight is, I I think enough is enough. We're very clearly going to just keep going back and forth with these guys, just keep exchanging the belt back and forth. And there are a lot of other deserving guys in that weight class who should get the shots at the title that they've earned. Kaikara France included. Also not related to this card, but related to the UFC. Nate Diaz asked for his release from the organization, saying he had shit to do and he did this on Twitter. And I wouldn't even bring this up because it's just typical Diaz brother. Give me more money or give me your fight or I... too cool for school kind of tweet uh but what was funny was that he tagged the wrong person in the tweet and that actual person had a pretty funny response to what nate diaz said 
And I realize if you're listening to the audio only version of this, me reading a tweet, that's not really that funny. Hearing me read it doesn't make sense. So I guess I should just move on and probably shouldn't have brought this up. So that gave me a little bit of a chuckle and moving right along. Jumping back to one championship now, two of my favorite athletes in combat sports both competed, the first being Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, who fought Rodtang Dip Mwangnan in a mixed rules fight, and I am 100% sure I pronounced that name wrong, and I'm just going to go with Rodtang for the rest of this episode because that's easier to say. The match was scheduled for four three-minute rounds with rounds one and three being Muay Thai rules and rounds two and four were under MMA rules. If you would have asked me before this fight, I would have told you that I think, okay, Mighty Mouse needs to just survive round one against a great Muay Thai fighter and then he's probably going to win in round two. I was partially correct. Mighty Mouse did more than survive round one. He was landing and staying right in there with Rod Tang. And then once round two came and the MMA rules took over, Mighty Mouse got the back and actually choked out Rod Tang. I actually thought the fight was a lot of fun and I sort of enjoyed the mixed rules thing. Now you're not supposed to end things on a sad note, but here we are. The other athlete I was excited to see this weekend was the gunslinger, John Wayne Parr in his final fight. He's been trying to get his 100th win for a few years now, but it's eluded him and it eluded him again this weekend in his final shot at it. John Wynn Parr is 46 years old. He's had a hip replacement. He had a really bad bout of COVID. He's still out there giving everything he could in round three to make up for a slow start in rounds one and round two. It was crazy to see even after everything he's been through and a few decades in combat sports, the gunslinger was still out there throwing everything he had trying to do everything he could to win i am sad his career is over i have always been a big fan happy trails gunslinger like i said in the beginning this was a crazy busy weekend but it sure was a lot of fun i'm going to hope your favorite part of the weekend was me talking about it but i'm also pretty sure that's not true if you did enjoy this episode why not do me a favor and your friends a favor and share this show with them I would greatly appreciate it, and I'm going to assume they would appreciate it too. But thank you all for listening. There is more coming for you this week, so please stay tuned for that. I will see you all next time.